Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. It certainly is, and we roll on here into our number two. Tim Melton in Birmingham, Dale Jackson in Huntsville, John Bird back there in Fantasyland currently. No, John Bird here with us in the flesh. Uh, Dale, I, I would like to know the state of the first hour of today's program, if you wouldn't mind sharing your review of it with us right here exclusively on News and Views. Do we have Dale Jackson? <laughs> has the chat bot taken down Dale Jackson? He has the, uh, oh the my limitations of AI. They were coming after me. It was, it was a bit much, but, uh, despite the limitations of AI, it was the greatest hour of radio in the history of radio and the history of the world. All right. Uh, I thought, uh, something had happened there, but it sounds like you just fell asleep, which is what uh, I did during the state of the union last night and ended up Catching it when I woke up from my nap. We've got one person here who I'm sure has seen it uh, by now. That is Mr. Matt Murphy out of Nashville. You hear him there on WTN, mostly from 12 to 3, but uh, sometimes between 3 and 7 for those that are traveling through that may have some frustrations of why they don't hear Matt on their radio. Uh, Mr. Murphy, uh, welcome in to News and Views yet again. Happy you're here with us. Hello, gentlemen. And that snafu on the part of John Bird was my fault because – I, I took him off his game because I told him I loved him right before he put me on hold. So Aww. he was probably basking in the afterglow of that and forgetting to do his job again. It is February, and we're seeing love in the air, including between the first lady and second gentleman. What did you make of that moment? Did uh, that catch your eye, Matt? Because I haven't been able to, to wash my eyes clean of uh, Jill and Doug making out there at the State of the Union. That is something I did not expect. I'm not impressed until I see tongue, Jim. <laughs> Well, you know, we're owned by China, not the French. And that'll impress me, my friend. Uh, Until then, whatever. Just another day in D.C. I I hear you. Uh, Let's start off, before we get into your full State of the Union review here, let's talk a little bit about the the China balloon that uh, everyone's been talking about since late last week. Um, What did the Biden administration do the most wrong when it comes to reacting to this balloon flying over the United States of America, in your professional opinion, Matt Murphy? Uh, I don't know. Allow his son to make a deal with China that compromised Joe and his entire family, preventing him from doing what is necessary to secure the borders of the United States of America? That's my answer. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a, that's a pretty solid answer. And we didn't get a lot on the China balloon last night during the State of the Union. We got about 13 minutes of it on the economy and how good of a job he's doing. Uh, we got, what, 90 seconds of it on, on airline fees and ticket fees and junk fees. Uh, not a lot of focus on the southern border. Not a lot of focus on China invading our airspace. It really seems like this administration doesn't have their priorities in order, Matt. Will the American public continue to tolerate it? Hold on a second, Tim. I think you're reading this all wrong. Andrea Mitchell, who I go to for my uh, political prognostications often, Andrea Mitchell said it was a courageous moment for Joe Biden not to bring China up. 
because he knows he's going to get clapped back from reasonable, rational people that know that China is our number one geopolitical foe and they want to take over status or perhaps already have as the world superpower. And it was a very strong moment for Joe Biden uh, to kneel uh, before the communist Chinese in the manner that he did last night. So I think you need to reset your thinking on all this, Tim. Uh, you're, you're probably right. It's my priorities that are out of whack here. Dale, I just expected, I don't know, maybe some more time given to the absolute most sensitive issues that plague us as a country right now. That was just, that was my thought, Dale. Well, what do you guys think about this? I, I think it was a bit of a tell. Uh, remember, for the last couple of days, they've been telling us, what? This was a gigantic success for us. Look at what a great job we did. People love how we handled this. It was fantastic, and we showed that we're super strong. Yet, when you have the biggest audience you're going to have for the year, what do you do? You don't talk about it? That, maybe that's a tell. Maybe that tells us um, that he's full of crap. But we already knew that, right? I mean, no, I think actually Dale's on to something. But here, here's the thing. Here's my overall analysis before we get too far away from it, Tim. Um, and I know that I cannot be this way because my profession depends on me reacting, reacting to this, but I'm, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. I mean, that speech bored me. And here's what I mean by it. Here's, here, here's what I'm going to do on my show to illustrate how bored I am. At 12 o'clock today, I'm going to ask for individuals, only people who did not see the speech, to call me. And I'm going to load the phone lines with people who did not watch one second of the speech, and I'm going to tell them to give me, tell me what, the most important part of the speech was. And I guarantee you they will lay out the speech as presented by Joe Biden without having seen it. If I can tell you what's going to happen in any circumstance or event without having seen it, it's by definition boring. But here's the deal. The Democrats have learned that, unfortunately, most of America, they're too ignorant or stupid to tell the difference between truth and reality. Mm. And that was a speech for stupid people or ignorant people. And those are two different things, as you gentlemen well know. Uh, any person following politics over the last two years could see right through it, but that's not who they're talking to. They're talking to the morons that will actually vote for Joe Biden for a second term. Mm. Uh, let's talk about what the political opposition to his second run as president may look like. Right now, we're seeing this heavyweight fight continue to break out. We now see Ron DeSantis trending on Twitter as we speak because he has responded to what was put out by Donald Trump, uh, basically uh, making accusations of Ron DeSantis being a, a pedophile. Um, and you have Ron DeSantis today. Uh, he has responded. Uh, there's video going viral saying, quote, I just say this. I spend my time delivering results for the people of Florida and fighting against Joe Biden. I don't spend my time trying to smear other Republicans. Uh, what do you make of this heavyweight fight that's brewing? We've obviously talked about it for months, but it feels like it's getting more and more personal now as Donald Trump seems to be on offense and Ron DeSantis continues to be on defense. You know, I don't know, and Dale, you, you and Tim, you might remember – if there was an individual that played it this way in the 2016 cycle, where you respond, but you don't get into the mud pit. And, and that's what Ron DeSantis has thus far done. He's made note of the fact uh, that Donald Trump's out there slinging all of this garbage around, uh, but he doesn't really engage any way further than to say, yeah, I'm not going to play it that way. I'm just going to keep doing my job. I think if he continues down this tack, it's going to create a further desperation on the part of Donald Trump. And that's not to say that Donald Trump isn't still the front runner and that Donald Trump 
could not repair this road he's going down on because I think this this is not I think the the Republican Party, I think Republican voters and conservatives at large are going to react to the way that he's trying to treat Ron DeSantis decidedly differently than they reacted mm. to Jeb Bush or Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio. I know I am. I know I because Jeb Bush, what he said rang true. Uh, with Jeb Bush, you know, low energy Jeb and all that. And, you know, and then he slapped Marco around, you know, little Marco or whatever. You know, there was always a little bit of truth in there, and it was novel and new. We've seen this movie before, and we believe in Ron DeSantis, and he is a proven fighter in the, in the manner that Jeb Bush, for example, really wasn't. I think there's going to be a continued desperation on the part of Donald Trump, and if Ron DeSantis continues reacting in this way, not taking the bait, you're going to see him up the game more and more and more. And uh, and I think that's going to look bad for, for Trump. Dale, your reaction to Ron DeSantis's reaction as uh, this was featured today in the seven things you should be talking about. There was not a person in that 16 or 17 person, whatever number it was, field last time who was anywhere near the power Ron DeSantis has right now. Uh, his position as the governor of Florida in the middle of a culture war fight with Disney, uh, in the middle of a, a fight with teachers, being the target of the mainstream media and basically every Democrat on the planet, including Gavin Newsom and everyone else have elevated him uh, to be basically the Donald Trump of this race. And uh, we've seen the Donald Trump show. Donald Trump's second campaign is Ghostbusters 2. That's how I refer to it as. The Ghostbusters 1 was great. I loved it. I can watch Ghostbusters 1 a thousand times. Ghostbusters 2, I know the end is they smear goo on the Statue of Liberty and play music and it dances around. No, pass. It's garbage. It, this is in his 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 presidency, his run for president number number two is Ghostbusters 2. No one's gonna buy it. It's crap. It's gonna kill the entire franchise. Uh it is something that continues to garner a lot of attention, especially on social media now that uh, a lot of people are sharing the response of DeSantis today, but uh, this is something that's going to continue to linger. But there, there's no doubt that Ron DeSantis has uh, turned Florida solidly red. There's no doubt that Donald Trump showed up to vote for Ron DeSantis in this last election cycle. A suspected pedophile, right, guys? Like, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's, you know, right now Democrats are extremely vulnerable with their policies failing all of us. Uh, I hate to see this fight already uh, getting this nasty, uh, but right now, if you had to put your sort of finger on the pulse, and I know it's just it's an odd prediction to have to make here, but what's the percentage chance, in your opinion, Matt, that Ron DeSantis does not run for president in 2024 based on every piece of information you have right now and how closely you followed uh, the ongoing uh, lineup in the race for president as candidates continue to enter the field? Uh, gosh, I'll, I'll answer this. I, I, I wouldn't put it at zero because I understand that unforeseen things can happen, uh, things that you don't want to happen in your life, personal tragedies or whatever that might prevent it. But it's close, man. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis is clearly gearing himself up uh, for a battle. And this is the most distasteful thing overall to me, man. What you just mentioned, Tim, we have very, very serious problems facing the United States of America. I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders said it really well last night that we, we are dealing with insane people that are in positions of power in the United States of America. Why is Donald Trump not attacking the insane people? Instead, he's attacking the most popular Republican governor in the United States of America. And that shows to me more weakness in Trump 
than anything else. Go after the people that are causing the problems right now, and you can deal with Ron DeSantis once he announces he's running for president of the United States. I, I do wish he would follow that advice. This feels very unnecessary, and it feels like it definitely divides the party and, and weakens what should be a solidified response to these uh, policies that are indeed endangering the lives of Americans. And uh, my hope is to put focus more towards the issues that are plaguing us rather than the personalities involved in the race for president. But that's the thing that's going to get clicks. That's the thing that's going to get the attention. And that's the thing that's going to stir up the conversation. Right, Dale? It's just it's impossible to get away from. And Donald Trump, make no mistake, a master of manipulation when it comes to using the media uh, to uh, advocate for his candidacy. He's doing that right now in a way that is a uh, it's a big risk, but it's one that may pay off in him being the front runner yet again for the GOP nomination. You know, it's interesting because like the one thing that Ron DeSantis didn't do is like the one thing Matt would probably do and I would probably do and I've seen online. It, it's post a picture of Trump with Epstein. I mean that like that's how that's how most people respond. And Ron DeSantis isn't even playing. That's the knockout blow on this, right? I mean, if you want to turn around and hit him back, that's how you do it. You say, "Look at this with Jeffrey Epstein." But Ron DeSantis is like, "I'm not even playing this game. Go, you're you're down in Mar-a-Lago playing on your phone. Go go do that." And and uh, I think that's a, I think it's just it's pretty interesting to see how he's handling it. This happened. I have a question for you guys. I have a question for you guys about Trump and social media. Do you think that he? is able to keep off Twitter, considering the number, the millions more followers he has on Twitter. And I understand that he has sycophants on Twitter that regurgitate everything he posts on uh, Truth Social. But the numbers are so different on Truth Social versus Twitter and Facebook and the like. Is he able to stay off those other platforms moving forward, or does his ego force him to get back on Twitter? It's a great question, and I think he must. If he is going to uh, put a serious bid in uh, for, for president and he feels like uh, that he's the, the front runner to secure the nomination, he's got to get back on Twitter, he's got to get back on Facebook, because these platforms undoubtedly helped secure him not only the nomination, but also the win in 2016. That is part of his playbook. Without those social media platforms, I don't think he defeats Hillary Clinton in 2016. He used them magnificently with his strategic digital communications team in making sure he was targeting voters that that could possibly uh, lean towards his direction of voting in some of these key battleground swing states. It's something that doesn't get talked about enough is his use of, of targeted advertising towards potential voters of his in the 2016 election cycle. It was a master stroke of, of having uh, his team carry out that mission. He's got to do it again if he has any hope in 2024, in my opinion, Mr. Dale Jackson. Yeah, I, I think this we've all seen it before, though. And, and that's, I think, the big thing. We, we saw the whole Ted Cruz's dad was involved in the JFK assassination, ridiculous stuff like that. And, and it's funny the first time and all this other stuff. But Matt mentioned it, you know, there's a lot of serious stuff going on. Not that there wasn't serious stuff going on there. Uh, but it, we sit here today and we ask ourselves, who's best situated to be president of the United States uh, and succeed? And you have Donald Trump and his record versus Ron DeSantis and his record. And unless Donald Trump is able to destroy Ron DeSantis somehow, which Ron DeSantis ha have fought every fight imaginable from the left, it, it's going to be weird to see someone come at him like Donald Trump with these desperate things. If there was anything serious, they would do it. They were attacking the other day for sitting there uh, with somebody who was suing Mike Lindell. Like, they, if they think that's the argument, like, oh, my pillow guy or Ron DeSantis, I can't figure out which guy am I for. It, it just, the whole thing is just, 
it's very desperate. It just I, it doesn't ring true. It doesn't ring that he believes. Well, and I, and I said, and and I've said this, Tim, that Donald Trump won twenty sixteen on the internet, and the Democrats won twenty twenty on the street. Uh, and I've amended that, and on the street by that I mean vote harvesting and the like. Um, I've amended that to say that Donald Trump won twenty sixteen on the internet, and Democrats won twenty twenty not only on the street, but they took a, took away the internet from Donald Trump mm. in terms of uh, tech putting their their thumb on the scale in 2020. Now, mm-hmm. the thumb has been taken off the scale, whether or not Trump and his team understand how to play part two of this as opposed to just replaying, to use Dale's Ghostbusters analogy. You know, it, it, whether they figure that out or not um, remains to be seen, but they're certainly not playing it properly in terms of going after DeSantis to begin with as opposed to going after some of the real insane people. I'll tell you, I think the reason that Donald Trump isn't already back on Twitter is because Elon Musk has been very vocal in his support of Ron DeSantis. And I really do think it's gotten that personal to where he's willing to stay off of that platform altogether uh, because of how much DeSantis is sort of uh, his biggest obstacle and roadblock to potentially securing another run as president of the United States. So that's that's my opinion. I don't know if, uh, you know, Donald Trump's never been petty in the past, but uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that's where I'm, I'm currently at. On if it. all of this, and I, I'll make a prediction, if all of this plays out the way that I think it's going to play out, and obviously there's a lot of time to go, I'm very curious whether Donald Trump, and don't laugh when I say this, I believe Donald Trump loves his country, but I think Donald Trump loves himself more than he loves anything. So I'm curious if Donald Trump doesn't get his way in the Republican primary early, if he chooses himself over his country and runs as an independent. Mm, that would be crippling. Uh, it would be indeed. And, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I'll just say this to sort of close out the, the conversation we're having. And that is there was a lot of genuine frustration around the midterms that at a time in which there needed to be this red rally, this red wave, Donald Trump was going after DeSantis. He was making that uh, the big story. And that's just, that's free, that's a that's a layup for Democrats to wedge Republicans and their block voters even more. And he's doing it again following a state of the union here where the opposition should be rallying right now against this liar-in-chief that we currently have. Um, last night, LeBron James set the all-time NBA scoring record, and last night, Joe Biden set the all-time lying record during one of these State of the Union speeches. It was nothing but nonstop lies, in my opinion, and that's what we should I be mean, rallying around and focused on, and Donald Trump is giving us the exact opposite by going after someone who's a proven winner in the state of Florida. Well, I agree with you, Tim, and we've all, we've all said it, but it bears repeating. I mean, in our youth, years ago, and I don't want to be that old man on the front porch, but you and these are always spin speeches. They always take data that looks good for them, ignore data that doesn't look good for them, Republicans and Democrats alike. They've always spun their performance over the past 12 months to the good of the political party that's in charge in the White House. That is to be expected. What Joe Biden did last night is an absolute I mean, disaster. I mean, he simply lied to the American people about any number of things. I mean, I know Dale listed them earlier. You, you can't name them all. And anyone not being able to see through that lie, I don't know how to talk to those people. Because those people are choosing that they're going to accept those lies for their own purposes, whether it's 
uh, they get something out of it or it's a get conservative or they advance their own personal agendas. Uh, they just choose to believe a liar uh, as he stands before the American people. You know what Joe Biden would say in response to that? Matt, why do you want to take away Social Security and Medicare? Why do you want to do that? How dare you? I mean, you just went on a 10 minute rant about taking away Social Security and Medicare. <laughs> He's all, he's all mad. And I, I was very confused. I thought I heard it wrong. I actually rewound that part of the speech, Dale, where he's like screaming about who would trade places uh, with Chi. And I'm like, every tin pot dictator <laughs> in the world would change places with Chi. A lot, a lot of leaders of democracies would change places with Chi, truth be told. He has one of the greatest militaries. He has uh, a human population unlike any other on the planet Earth. And, and I mean, it was just weird, the the anger that he, oh, wouldn't do that. Well, a lot of people would do that. You know who else would do it? You need to wake up and get in the room. Barack Obama? No, Joe Biden. He, he, <laughs> well, tra- he traded positions, which he had a heartbeat. There's Barack no Obama in 2011 said it would be so much easier to lead China. He's on the record saying it would be so much easier to lead China than it would be the United States. And I mean, yeah, but as long as all you have is all the power and nobody can do anything. Yeah. Yes, things, things seem really, really simple. You know, it, it, the whole thing about the Social Security stuff that I found the most amazing is everyone's acting like, oh, Joe Biden really put those guys on their heels. No, he didn't. He got them all to stand up and say, we're not going to cut it. So how do they keep doing that? And and Tommy Tuberville this morning told me, he, he said that they have trackers following them every single day trying to get them to say something about Social Security, Social Security. Because that's all that's really, really one of their biggest plays, cut Social Security, cut Social Security. And what they had there yesterday is Joe Biden say, you guys want to cut Social Security? They all go, no, we don't. He goes, okay, I'm glad we're all on the same page. So I, the issue's done now. Joe Biden's going to stop lying, at least about that issue. I doubt it, but, I mean, it seems pretty well, obvious. Here, here's the can't way do they, this anymore. Well, here's the way the media plays it, Dale. They, they say, well, the Republicans agreed at the State of the St- uh, Union address that they would not touch Social Security. Therefore, the Republicans cannot demand negotiations on the debt ceiling because the only way – to negotiate the debt ceiling is to negotiate off of Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. That That's their play. It's not true, uh, but that's what they're trying to do. It's a, a giant mess. Appreciate you trying to make some sense of it for us, Matt Murphy. Hope to talk with you again next week, and uh, really appreciate your uh, your insight and uh, for, for putting this little show together. We appreciate it, Matt. Hey, by the way, Tim, before we go, I'm very curious to hear more. I'm surprised it didn't come up in our conversation. I'm very curious to hear more about your lean towards socialism when it comes to movie going, where everyone has to be equal, everyone has to be <laughs> equitable, and companies that own businesses can't charge rates uh, consistent with what they believe the value of those rates are. I'm very curious to hear a continued discussion about your socialistic take on movie movie viewing. So, When the movie theater that, industry goes up in flames and there's no more movie theaters to go to, I will... You mean uh, in 2020? I will, you, mean, you mean in 2020? <laughs> when, when it went up in flames in 2020? You mean back then? I'm yeah. talking about them going up in flames for good, but we will talk about it uh, more. Wait, wait, I, have a, I have a quick oh, question. God. We don't quick have... Question. Mm. Quick question. Matt, um, if Donald Trump comes back to Twitter, do you start asking him to follow you again will we ever get there if he'll lie to me he'll lie to america dale okay. just check it just check it all right sounds good Bye. matt murphy i'm getting you a front row seat to cocaine bear whenever we go watch it i uh, appreciate it very yeah. much it's cheaper that way uh appreciate it. that's matt murphy of wtn <sighs> we'll be right back this is birmingham to real talk 27 minutes past the hour tim and dale continuing on Paving the way for the line with Andrew McLean coming up at noon. 
Leland live from 2 until 6, breaking bread from 6 until 7. 13 hours of live and local content for you right here on Talk 99.5. And don't forget, you can listen to Dixon and Vining for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see James Taylor and his all-star band in concert at the Oak Mountain Amphitheater on June 18th. These are win them before you can buy them tickets. Tickets go on sale Friday, February 10th. That is this week at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Um, Mr. Jackson, I, I want to talk about something that I've been sort of uh, putting off here, and it is a train wreck known as uh, whatever the, the new morning show is on CNN. Uh, I'm sure you have some strong opinions on this, but uh, it is not going well, this experiment with, what is it, Poppy Harlow, Don Lemon, and Caitlin Collins, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, and right now it seems like there's some real bad blood between Don Lemon and Caitlin Collins specifically, but a lot of the staff it feels very uneasy in that setting. Obviously, it's a time of change for CNN, uh, as I think they're moving their headquarters out of Atlanta. Is that right? Or they're, they're moving out of the CNN Center? Or Something like that. Whatever. That, that place is just uh, it's a mess, no doubt. And and this new show that was make no mistake a demotion for Don Lemon has been nothing but a train wreck thus far. How much longer will we be subjected to Don Lemon on our our TV sets around airports in this country? Probably not too long. I mean, look, here's the deal. He he got demoted here, and he's not playing nice. It's clear. Caitlin Collins, University of Alabama shame, is no doubt about it seen as a rising star at that network. I mean, she was a – now – Again, she was at the Daily Caller, I believe, and then all of a sudden went to work for CNN and became a completely different person. But she became the White House, uh, the chief White House person there, and now she's on their morning show. So clearly they view her as a rising star. Don Lemon, as you pointed out, is uh, definitely on the decline, and I don't know if he's got the stroke to be throwing it around at someone like her right now. Um, you especially think in this era where you have a grown man yelling at uh, a 30-year-old, not that she's not a grown woman, but yelling at a, a woman in the workplace. Uh, he has some issues that he can utilize as a weapon as well. He's black, he's gay, so he can he can say that those are issues if, if, some, if push comes to shove. But, yeah, they've got some issues there, and it's weird. Poppy Harlow, who I would think was the most unlikable out of the three, she's sort of staying out of this, it appears. But, the, yeah, they're fighting back and forth, and I, I think Don Lemon's in a little bit of trouble uh, for all those reasons I just laid out. He just comes across as, as smug. Uh, he said a couple days ago that he can't believe that we're here where Republicans are citing the New York Post as a credible source <laughs> and that the American people are going to have to suffer through all of this stuff. Uh, he's been wrong time and time and time again when it comes to actual headlines that have been withheld by the mainstream media from the American public. And uh, does anybody actually go to CNN? Honestly, does anybody go to CNN and watch that channel for credible news information any longer? They used to be a source that were uh, a pioneer within the television news industry. And now their name is mud. And when you've lost all credibility, that is what I think more than anything has led to their ratings decline over the years and has led to them holding on to whatever star power they feel like they can, even if that star is Don Lemon himself. But it's an absolute train wreck in that morning slot. And I, I don't know what else you can demote him to now. 
no, he, this is this is it for him. If this doesn't work out, he he's got to go. I don't think there's any question about that. But you know, the question is, what do people want there? What do people want from them? It make it, it makes no sense. If they were smart, they would go after. If they want to truly go out to the middle, this is what you do. You get a bunch of teams of males and females, and you put them on and have one left, one right, split. Don't have all the men right or all the men left or anything like that, and, and let them have a sort of a, a Hannity and Combs style thing. And, I think it's called Crossfire, isn't it? Well, you don't have to do it that way. Hannity and Combs did a little bit different. Um, yeah, sure, Hannity was the big dog, and, and, and he definitely grew into the bigger dog. But you could, you could have something where both people would come onto that program and have conversations with them because they're not going to be able to out MSNBC, MSNBC. They're just not going to be able to do it. And they're not going to be able to out Fox News, Fox News. So if they, if they truly want to play middle of the road, then they either need to do 100% straight news or uh, they need to actually come up with, you know, the centrist network, which is uh, put, put legitimate fighters on there on both sides and hmm. let them have at it. Instead, you have six on one conversations and you can't, really get anywhere with this and you have a one-sided point of view and you only get one group of people to watch that and they already have msnbc mm. uh, you have bubba by the way that says tim by smug do you mean d-bag yeah that's <laughs> that's what i mean i'm just i didn't i didn't choose to use that adjective but yeah that's exactly what i mean um uh, once again i don't know who's watching this new morning show on cnn but i'm sure uh with all the ratings they get from tvs that are on 24 7 at uh, different establishments in the morning, they're pulling some sort of rating. But you want to hear something funny? Yeah, uh, I pulled a, I, I posted some clips on Facebook uh, a, a couple weeks ago about this morning show, and it got more views than they had eyeballs watching it. Mm. And, and that's just my. And I have thirty five thousand some followers on Facebook. And growing, go follow me at, at the Dale Jackson. But you have more people watching it through rage watching or humor watching it than people watching it for news. I'll look. I want to take us back a month and a couple of days. It was New Year's Eve, and uh, Don Lemon he had one job to do down in New Orleans, which was to have a countdown for the Central Time Zone here in this country to to New Year's Day, and he missed it. He let some band play too long or something, and he kind of interrupted at the end. He was like, well, you know, we missed the countdown during all of that. I'm like, you can't even get that part right, much less this new morning show, which is an absolute train wreck. So uh, Don Lemon, uh, one of the most smug personalities in this business, and uh, I just am looking forward to seeing how this unfolds. But who knows? Maybe it'll lead to rating success the more they hate on each other there in the morning show. You never well, if know. It gets, if it gets out in the open, maybe. I mean, I mean, really, that, that's, you know, we've all had people we've worked with that we hate. John Bird, Andrew McLean. Richard Dixon, just those are the ones you told me you hate. And we all have people like that that we work with that we're not too thrilled with. And they're if this gets out into the open and they're doing it openly, maybe there is something there. Maybe you get a little uh, pro wrestling on here and, and you kind of uh, you, you work the crowd. You know, it's funny because when, uh, when Richard Dixon or Andrew McClain or John Bird asked me who I hate, your name always comes up. So it's yeah, always – well, You didn't tell me that. Oh, you know, you're yeah. backstabbing me. So I guess so. Hey, when we return 10 with Tim, it gets underway. We'll see if Dale can defend his title. I have a feeling it's going to be a rocky start for him. We shall see when we return right here on Birmingham's Real Talk. 1139, welcome back in to News and Views. Let's go ahead and get right to it. It's called 10 with Tim. 10 questions in 10 minutes or so. Ready to go ahead and make it happen. We'll see if Dale Jackson can defend his title. John Bird, let's hit the button. 10 
It's time to answer the deep questions. It's 10 with Tim on News and Views. Question number one. It's going to go to Dale Jackson. Dale, what's a common paint color that you'd refuse to have featured on a wall in your home? Oh, green. Green. Every time I walked into a house, it's all green. I just know. It's gross. Good answer. John Bird, what's a common paint color that you'd refuse to have featured on a wall in your home? Fuchsia. Fuchsia. It's disgusting. I'm imagining now a house of green and fuchsia <laughs> all together and what that may look like. Wouldn't be pretty. Question number two. Uh, John Bird, how many fast food apps do you have downloaded currently on your phone? One. Would you mind sharing which fast food restaurant that is? I'm going to guess. Let me guess. Okay, go ahead. Chick-fil-A. That's my guess. Am I right or wrong? You're right. Oh, okay. I could just see it. I could see you glowing about it. Oh, yeah, man. It's the only way to order. Dale, That's how I, order. I know you have the Chick-fil-A app downloaded to your phone. You talk about it all the time and the ease it gives you in your life. How many other fast food apps do you have downloaded? Five total. Guess what they are. Okay, I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A. Yep. McDonald's. Yep. I'm going to go with Wendy's. Yep. I'm going to say... This is a now. This is a bold. Hmm, let's see here. Taco Bell. No. Okay. No Taco Bell. Uh, Firehouse and Burger King. Burger King has the worst app of all, by the way. But those are my. To be honest, didn't even know Burger King had an app. Yeah, so. it's not a good one. It's not very good. <laughs> there we go. I was going to throw a wild card and say Checkers, but I'm like, there's no way Checkers has an app. I just know that you love Checkers. They do have an app, actually. Do and they? The one, the one Checkers that remains in North Alabama has a special app and uh, food. Um, delivery line that you can go through it's actually quicker to go through that than, than the one we had to actually order but it's so far on the other side of town and it's not very good i pulled up to a taco bell drive through in town monday night this was at 6 30 monday night i pull up to the window or the the speaker and they say hey good night well, you know welcome to taco bell whatever I, they didn't say good night i said, hope you're having a good evening whatever it is it's good not night. a john fetterman speech where you know they start off with good, good night. night good night everyone uh, it's not a debate uh, with dr oz but they say hey and i go uh hey and i'm getting ready to order and they go are you paying with cash or are you paying with card and i go i'm paying with card and they go okay can you pull around to the window please i go okay so i pull around and there's a car in front of me waiting on its food. For 10 minutes, I'm behind this car. 10 minutes. And they give the food to the car in front of me. They pull forward. I pull up to the window. And the woman comes to the window and she goes, you're paying by card, right? I go, yeah. She goes, I'm sorry, but we can't accept card right oh, now. Man. You're gonna wow. have, you're going to have oh. to come in the store if you want to pay with a card. Uh, we're you should have burned out right there. Yeah, that that would have been justified. We're only accepting cash. We're only accepting cash in the drive-thru line. Makes no uh, sense. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've had this sort of happen before, but not to the point where it's like, hey, can you pull up so we can have a private conversation about this? Just tell me at the damn speaker. Just say at the speaker, hey, we're only cash right now. Um, so that was frustrating. The other thing was my passenger was in the car talking with a guy who was trying to convince him to do, like, meditation and, like, breathing lessons resources. <laughs> I'm worried about you. I need you to do this with me. It's a meditation breathing class. And all of this conversation is happening on speakerphone while she's telling me this. So I'm getting angry and he's over there like, 
something wrong? And then she's like, I got to go. Anyway, it was a big mess. Ugh. I, I, that, how rude of that person to sit on the phone while you're there. I know. Right? I, I know. Oh, God. That that's was, unbelievable. That was bad. And so here's the rudest part. I'm pulling out of the drive-thru, and I'm angry. I'm not going in there. Screw that. It's like, you know, when you try to use your card at a gas pump, and it's like, sorry, but you're going to have to see a tenant. Nope, I'm pulling out of here. See ya. Peace. So I'm pulling out, and my, my buddy in the passenger seat goes, I got cash if you need it. I'm like, we're already on the Why street. The Why world? didn't you tell me when we were angry? I went on a hunger strike. I said, not only do I refuse to eat Taco Bell, I refuse to eat anything at all. Do you currently own John Bird? Five. Five neckties, all different colors, I assume. A Waffle House tie. I'm very proud of it, yes. For the fancy occasions in your life. Yes, yes. My daughter got it for me for Christmas so one year. I like it. Uh... Dale Jackson, can you top that? How many neckties do you own? I got at least 40 of them, and I wear six. <laughs> yeah. Same with my socks. As Cindy told, I have a bunch of socks, and like one of them has a hole in it. She's like, why don't you wear different socks? I, like, I never wear the socks. They're below like the top five socks. So I just, yeah. Men are simple creatures. That's what we've learned here. Waffle House ties and the same six ties in the rotation there. Yes. Next question. What was the most memorable road trip you've taken in a car, and why was it special, Dale Jackson? I went to um, went to Nashville, Tennessee, with a good friend of mine, and we stayed at the Hermitage Inn, and it was just a, a blast. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a, a lot of fun, and he sat in the back like it was Police Academy too, and or Police Academy. That was first Police Academy. No, it was Police Academy. That was Police Academy one. Yeah, so it was like Police Academy one. I uh, unfortunately gave him a softball there. That's on me. I should have said other than the Hermitage Inn, and I didn't do that. I thought maybe he'd come up with an original story of sharing time with his loved ones or his family or something like that. Uh, John Bird, what's a memorable road trip you've had in a vehicle, a a car, and why was it special? Um, I would say the most memorable would be when uh, I took Mason Emma, my daughter and son, and we went to Universal. And I think we had as much fun on the drive as we had there, and we had a blast. That's there. what it's all about, right? Yeah. You know, you constantly the hear journey. the old the dad phrase, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Mm-hmm. It's the journey, it's not the destination, right? Yep. We, we all have a little Clark Griswold in us, deep down in, <laughs> in our hearts. And thankfully, John Bird, when he got down there, did not have to punch a moose or ride a roller coaster while holding John Candy at gunpoint. And I think nope. that's important. It's very special. Thank you for sharing your heart with us, John Bird. Yes. 5,000 points for you, and you get the win today. John Bird. Wow. John Bird, a champion amongst us, and uh, good stuff there. So I appreciate that. I'm just, I'm having PTSD from the Hermitage Inn still, Dale. <laughs> and uh, I keep sending you the bills, but you're not sending any checks down. To Classic place. Love it. Let's do it again. Let's oh. broadcast live from the Hermitage Inn. Did you ever see a 10 out of 10 review for the Hermitage Inn online? Dale Jackson wrote it. Imagine what you could have done with ChatGPT with the Hermitage Inn. Oh, my gosh. Maybe that's tomorrow's non-fictional fictional story. We'll be right back to wind down this edition of News and Views. Here we are in the final few moments of News and Views. I want to remind you about my friends at Hometown Lenders. Hometown Lenders offers a complete range of conforming, non-conforming, and government loan programs, as well as a variety of options to help your family successfully budget what is your most impactful expense, and that is your mortgage. Think of them as problem solvers, not mortgage consultants. And one thing they're going to do upon that initial phone call at 205-989-7171 is something that needs to be done with every business. That's They're going to listen to you. 
They're going to listen to whatever your concerns, what your goals are. It's going to be a simple conversation, and it's one that you may have been putting off, and it could have cost you thousands of dollars over the past few months. You have a chance to go ahead and make that call right now at 205-989-7171. That's 989-7171. Maybe you'll have a little extra capital in your life here in 2023 by making that call at 989-7171 to Hometown Lenders. You can also visit them online at savewith995.com. Hometown Lenders Incorporated is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 65084. Dale, there was a moment last night where I'm like, I've got to talk with Dale about this at the State of the Union. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it. It was when Joe Biden was talking about non-compete agreements and said that one burger joint uh, worker can't walk across the street and go work for another burger joint due to these non-compete agreements. And that is just simply a flat-out lie. It's just false. Um, There's been investigations on this (laughs) labeled as partially true, (laughs) saying that in Washington State in 2017, it was revealed that uh, there were a bunch of franchises that had no poaching rules that prevented employees from moving between franchises within the same chain. So you couldn't go from one subway to the other subway uh, or something like that, even though subway wasn't mentioned in this. Um, Biden is off his rocker. I, I know that's not a newsflash, but it's just this is even more insulting to people who actually study the laws of this. Yeah, it's it's a bit much. Uh, I, I was uh, when I was a manager of a McDonald's, I moved pretty freely between the, the franchisees and use that to make more money. So, yeah, that's not a thing. By 2018, all of the chains that uh, were were mentioned in this report, uh, they agreed to end their no-poach practices. Um, And this was, once again, moving from uh, within one chain to another position within that same chain. So it's just such a stretch of the truth, and I'm sure you're going to get even more reaction from Andrew McLean. He's the host of The Line. He'll be up next right here on Talk 99.5. It'll be a can't-miss edition of Leland Live as well as breaking bread later on this evening. Hope you've had as fun of a time as we've had over the past two hours. We'll see you again tomorrow from 10 until 12 right here on Birmingham's Real Talk. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.